Sabrina Lemiel is a voice healing therapist and holistic coach. She works both online and in person with clients who want to heal long-standing patterns in their lives and discover their true voice. During a soul voice session, the client starts addressing physical pain, illness, discomfort, and then identifying the root causes on an emotional and mental level. The client's guided to express, release, and transform all the layers through sound. While usually I only have licensed medical professionals on this show, occasionally I do bring in other types of practitioners because I think it's really important to address that healing is a multi-dimensional journey. There is no one-size-fits-all, and sometimes you're going to find yourself wanting more than what conventional medicine can give you. And what I really like about Sabrina is she also is of the same opinion here that there is no one right way. And this is not some modality that claims to cure all ailments or any ailments for that matter. It's just, again, one more tool in the healing box if this kind of thing resonates with you. So I hope that you'll listen to our conversation with a really open mind, both If you're on the side of being purely medical, where it has to have like double-blind, peer-reviewed journals backing it, I hope that you'll have an open mind here. But also, if you are on the side of, you know, everything holistic and who cares about double-blind studies, you know, if that is also, if that's you, I hope that you'll also open your mind here to remember that, again, this is one tool. And I think most tools in our world, like Reiki, sound healing, meditation, surgery, medication, you know, whether it's Eastern, Western, holistic, traditional, that you will consider a very multidisciplinary approach because in my experience, that is the path to true healing. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sabrina. The Chronic Illness Therapist podcast is meant to be a place where people with chronic illnesses can come to feel heard, seen, and safe while listening to mental health therapists and other medical professionals talk about the realities of treating difficult conditions. This might be a new concept for you, one in which you never have to worry about someone inferring that it's all in your head. We dive deep into the human side of treating complex medical conditions and help you find professionals that leave you feeling hopeful for the future. I hope you love what you learned here, and please consider leaving a review or sharing this podcast with someone you love. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. For specific questions related to your unique circumstances, please contact a licensed medical professional in your state of residence. So I'm Sabrina Lemiel, and I am a voice healing therapist and holistic coach. I'm also certified as an energy healer and sound healer. Yeah. And I, so I work with clients who comes to me because they want to heal either trauma that they experienced in the past, or they have some pain in the body. That is like a pattern for them. So it's it's coming and going. So it could be something in the back or yeah, anything. Yeah. And I have different options for them. So I have different kind of sessions that I offer to clients. 
It could be coaching to understand what might be the root cause of this issue also. And then we work with humming, drawing. So there are some holistic shamanic, also we can say techniques that we use. Or it's a sound healing session. And for that, I use specifically the soul voice method. And right now I am a practitioner in training for a soul voice method with my mentor, which is the founder of this method. And so we use the voice as a healing tool to process uh, stuck emotions, to release pain, physical pain, emotional pain, uh, to find uh, a new balance in life, of course, to restore the natural well-being of a person, to investigate whatever limiting beliefs, whatever pattern is in the life of the client and why they cannot move forward with that uh, either pain or trauma or belief system that they have and why they have it. Of course, we investigate a lot what happened in the childhood or in the past, depending, of course, of the age of the client as well. And yes, so we always try to correlate anyway, whatever body pain, body issue, illness, chronic illness, to emotional, mental, spiritual also issue that uh, might be there hidden behind, yeah, the physical. Yeah, and what are some of the ways that, I guess, maybe some typical patterns in people regarding the, the voice and, and how that works with kind of the emotional component? Yeah, yeah. There are several, for example, okay, regarding the voice specifically, it can happen that every time someone has to speak with someone else or has to express themselves or it's in a social situation, they really feel something is uh, out in the, in the throat. So they feel either a blockage or they start even getting sick or the voice is completely going out. Yeah. Or they can even have issues in their ears. So it's the whole face, hearing, speaking, listening issue, yeah, that they can have. And this is more specific to the voice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, the throat piece. I know a lot of my clients, I do somatic work. And so we often are bringing attention to the body. And a lot of my clients have this in their throat, which often very much logically looks like, well, of course, because you're sad and you're trying not to cry. And so it all gets stuck right here and that's one of the more logical reasons for it but what is more of this kind of soul level and and vocal the way that you would conceptualize that from how you practice yeah that it's so true by the way that many times when i work with a client that has a blockage in the throat or a self-expression issue I first to describe which kind of sensation they feel. So they can say, I feel constricted. I feel like my channel is so small. I can't really even speak my truth myself. I feel judged from the outside, et cetera, et cetera. And I ask, and then also they say, I feel, yes, a blockage, a stone in my throat. Really like also ask to describe very in details, like with images as well. So it's also um, easier for them. To give, it a, to give it a name and an image, yes. And then I asked them to tune in with themselves and to tell me what is the emotion behind it. Yeah, so really to listen, to connect with the, the throat, this area, and ask what is the emotion behind it. And many times it's sadness, 
yeah, unexpressed, unreleased tears, grief. There may be also some anger, some fear, of course, but many times it's sadness, yes. And then I, I go into the memory tracking, so asking what happened in the past. One is, what is an episode in the past in which you felt this kind of constriction, this kind of sadness for not being able to speak for yourself, to express yourself freely with your family, maybe. So we try really to go also in the family patterns to understand what is there. And does that part matter so much? Does that just help you then get to the vocal patterns that you're going to use and incorporate? Or can you even do this work without some of the story? So it depends what is the purpose. Because the purpose, if it's to connect with the issue and then see what is the response of the voice, so what the pattern also when they, when they connect with the issue, then it's more clear. And also when they are connected with this more cellular memory, because then it becomes whatever trauma we have in the past or whatever system we go through and we incorporate as a belief system, then it creates some kind of memory blockage, memory, cellular memory in our self, in our body, and specifically in some areas of the body. So if I want them to then express their, their voice, so to vocalize, whatever they feel is the issue, I need them first to connect with that root cause, with that memory, with that one. So they can release it as well. They can express it through the voice. Yes, that was a question, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and then we also try to reverse the issue. So first, it's very important for them to identify what is the root cause, what is the memory behind it, what might be the origin of this pattern that they have in the life, what is the ripple effect, that's also very important. So what is the ripple effect that they see in their daily life and when they experience that still in the daily life? And then we reverse it. So how would it be your life? How would you move in your daily life if this uh, issue was gone? If you had received what you needed, maybe when you were a child or in this particular time of your life, how would you move in your life? What would you do? And what would be the resonance? So how would you feel? Can you describe it? And so then we transform it into a positive intention, into always into I statement. So I, I am free. I glow. I express myself freely, et cetera, et cetera. I connect with myself. I connect with others, et cetera. And then we vocalize again so that they can use now their voice to match this new frequency. Because, of course, voice is sound, is vibration, is frequency, is vibrational frequency. And the, yeah. Yeah, right? can you in, share a little, in case people don't understand that concept? I know you're in this world and so it, it's probably very second nature to you. But yeah, can you share a little bit with us about just what, what it even means like different frequencies. Again, like nature has different frequencies, but clients might not, potential listeners might not know that. It took me a long time to learn and understand frequencies and I still have a lot to learn. So would love like a primer on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, voice producing sound. It is sound, right? And can have different vibrations. So different os oscillations, like waves. 
And the frequency of a vibration is just how many a repetition of the same wave you have. So for example, in sound, uh, a high pitch note has a very high vib frequency, vibrational frequency, and a low pitch note has a lower frequency. And this is, and, see, it's, these are trending, these kind of like 430 hertz YouTube videos where you put it on in the background. And I'm curious, do you get the same effect with it coming through a screen versus like music in a room? What do you mean? Sorry. So there's these YouTube channels like Sound Healing Back. Yes. Right? Yes. But I'm curious if that's the same as going to a sound healer and being in a room with metal bowls and instruments and things like that. Yeah. Technically, it works also online, let's say, even if you are not in the room with the person who's giving the vibration. Of course, for a more embodied experience, having the vibration next to you in the same room has a different impact, right? It depends kind of also, like of course, also on the person. Yeah, that makes sense. More like a whole body experience rather than maybe just the sound, just your ears experiencing it through a screen. Yeah. Anyway, it's the brain that is processing and mirroring whatever is the vibration. So it travels through the body and it reaches the whole body, even when you hear it just with your headphones, for example. But of course, being in a gong bath or in a crystal bowl bath, then you receive the vibration of the singing bowls, the vibration of the sound, and also the vibration of the healer that is there in the room with you. So, of course, you can have a more embodied experience again. Yeah. But, yeah. So, going back to the frequencies, and for example, yes, in YouTube, there are a lot of sound baths with specific frequencies for relaxation, for example, for inner peace or to cleanse the body uh, from negative energies, or to restore balance, to release fear, etc., etc. And many healers, sound healers, they came up with a list of frequency, and each frequency is associated to a specific emotion. So yes, many people, they work with specific frequencies, for example, with the uh, tuning forks. They have tuning forks, yes, with different frequencies, so they know each of them, what they correspond to, etc. And in more advanced sound healing practices, they also have tuning forks that resonate with specific body organs, inner organs. Yeah. Um, and this is from like pretty ancient science, right? In a sense, science maybe a little bit different. I mean, there were no double blind controlled studies hundreds of years ago but this is ancient wisdom right this is ancient wisdom yes in the in in the indigenous cultures they were using the drums for example or the chanting but even singing storytelling so they were using the voice and the sound in ceremonies for relaxation for connection with themselves for connection with the divine of course or with their higher self to, to process emotions, to pen the understanding of themselves, to connect with their higher consciousness. Yes. 
these are all practices that in Tibet, for example, when they when they were sing sounding the Tibetan singing bowls, now they are pretty common also in Western society, right? But the Tibetan singing bowls they were used in ceremonies in in Tibet by the monks to yeah to produce vibrations in groups and and facilitate also meditation and and spiritual connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you get into this work personally? Yeah. Since I was a kid, I was a singer. So I always had a very strong connection with my voice. And I also grew up in a Buddhist family. And then I became Buddhist myself when I was in my 20s. And in this particular Buddhism, you chant mantra to to connect yourself with your inner buddhity and elevate yourself and your thoughts and so you can do in daily life more illuminated actions and you can connect with others and there's some values and yeah and so i started chanting when i was also very little so i grew up i felt that the voice was hiding some kind of healing uh, power somehow because also when I was stressed, I was always using my voice. So sounding, singing to go back into feeling more calm and more centered in myself or more empowered. I remember also before high school final exam, I was very stressed because, of course, it was a very big, uh, big day for me. And I spent the whole morning, instead of reading uh, my notes, I was just singing very loudly to really connect with myself, my power. Okay, I'm here. I can do it. And it was very, very strong. I, I, and I felt super good after. Yes. And then I was ready for my exam. So yes, I always had this connection with my voice and singing and chanting. And that was more spiritual as well because of the Buddhism, philosophy and religion, etc. And, and in my 30s, I still didn't have an answer like on how to use the voice or the sound with the healing purpose. And I even started in medicine university because I wanted to become a doctor, but probably I actually wanted to become a healer. That was also very strong. I really wanted to heal or to understand like how to heal, how we can heal ourselves, how we can heal others, which, which kind of techniques we can use. So I started medicine school to find out that that was not the path for me, actually. And that was also the milestone in my life because I left medicine school after a few years. But I still knew I wanted to become a healer and I still knew I wanted to sing and use my voice. And, and I was also traveling a lot. And in my 30s, I decided I needed to go to Hawaii. I felt like this calling. I want to go to Hawaii and I want to spend a few months in Hawaii. And so I've been there and it was 2020. And when I arrived, it was beginning of 2020. So still, everything was pretty normal. Many tourists, many people on the beach, etc. And then COVID happened as we know. And then the island became completely silent. All the tourists, they went away. And, but I've decided that I wanted to be there for four months and I still had my visa to be there, etc. So I, I committed <laughs> to this journey and, and I started practicing and reading more. And I found that on the island, there were some sound healers. So I tried to connect with the, whatever they were doing. And 
And then in the place where I was staying, uh, another woman came and she also stayed with me for a couple of months and she was a sound healer and ayahuasca guide. So with her, I also experienced, she had many instruments. So I could also experience what it is to receive the vibration from someone else or how is it to do it in a more ceremony, ceremonial environment because we did some ceremonies together. And, and there was a shop that was selling some instruments. So I bought the instruments for myself and I had a lot of time to practice. And I have to say Hawaii, it's such a spiritual, powerful place to be when you want to connect with yourself and with, with anything that is beyond the, what with your eyes, but so be more in contact with your soul, with the, <laughs> with the upper realms, etc. Yeah, no, I, I think it is, it's a very spiritual place. Yeah. I'm, when you said basically that all the tourists had left and, and it was silent, I was curious more about that piece because I would imagine there was probably so much beauty without so much tourism there. I'm curious if you had yeah any thoughts on that. Yes, 100%. So when I arrived, I really felt the island was almost suffocating because of all the people all the noises, all the confusion, the traffic, the, the people are busy. I was in a big island and I, I felt there was so much energy, like I was even overwhelmed at the beginning and I felt it was too much. And I really, it's like the nature was somehow suffering, to be honest. And after a couple of months of being silent, there was this slow reawakening of the nature, of the elements, the volcano, Mauna Kea, which is the, the big mountain and big island. I really sensed that finally the nature was breathing again. And it was so much easier also for me to feel more grounded because when you are in a place that it's so full of people coming and going, the energies are very confusing and it might be very hard also to feel more grounded and connected with the place and in full resonance with, with what is there. And after a couple of months, the energy completely shifted, yes, in the whole island. And of course, to go also through a lot of emotional release yourself, because then you really connect with the flow of uh, emotions that you brought with you on, in Hawaii. So there was a lot of emotional pain release for me as well. It felt like I was opening the closet and all the skeletons, they were there with me showing up to, yeah, uh, to be processed and to be seen. But after four months, it felt like a huge cleanse. Yeah. And, and it was possible like anyway, after four months to go back to the beach and uh, go out, but everything was so much calmer and was so much grounded, so much more tangible somehow. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious too about your definition of healing. What does yeah. healing mean to you? Especially when we talk about chronic pain or chronic illness, sometimes in this I think in Western society, like healing just equates to a cure. I don't think that's necessarily what you're talking about. No, it's never what I'm talking about. So I wanted to just clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Healing for me is a process anyway, that not necessarily has an end. Like 
you're, yeah, you're not, you, you cannot say I am healed. If I am healed, I can ascend. I can leave the body and I can ascend because then my job here is a, as a human being is done. So for me, healing anyway is a process. It's a process that has many layers, has many root causes also that maybe are intertwined, inter interconnected. But every time we use a different technique, we can penetrate a different layer so we can start healing is, and start processing and start releasing and understand also. So for me, healing is in the end going back to our pure nature and yeah, our pure essence. And so how, meaning yeah. you could be experiencing gastrointestinal issues or migraines or things of these nature, but you might still have that physical experience but the suffering is yeah. gone. Is that, would you add anything to that or take away you mean, or edit? Which kind of sufferance you mean? Yeah, yeah, good question. And more, there's a, it doesn't feel like your life is over because of this pain. It, it's, yeah, I have this pain and it's a part of my life, but this is how full my life is. And that's just one small piece of it. Of course, yeah. Some healers, they say that the pain is the getaway, is the door through a personal transformation. That is through, more. yeah, that is through, is through pain. It could be emotional and physical pain because anyway, we're human beings incarnated in a body. So we have to take care of it and we have to listen to it and be very connected to the body. And some healers, they say that, yes, this physical pain and that is always anyway connected with emotional pain somehow is the getaway for the transformation because it's through that you completely connect with what you're sensing and if you listen to that and if you go beyond the physical pain and also what is the emotional pain and what is my pattern and what is my belief then you can start healing that emotional symptom that then can have an effect on your physical symptom as well. Yeah, this is such a tricky conversation for some people because yeah. like I just talked to someone the other day who was like, just please don't tell me that you're going to tell me that my emotions are causing my pain. And it is not so much that because it's just not so black and white like that. And there's never just one cause yes, you know, for, for one thing. But I think you stated it beautifully just now. Like there's an emotional pain and a physical pain and they're connected and they feed off of each other. And I think in this society too, it's almost a lot more allowable to talk about this physical thing that's happening, a migraine, a knee ache, something of that nature, rather than the sadness or the grief that's ongoing in life. We just want to pretend that's just, okay, you grieved, you're good, you're done, it's over. And so for whatever reason, the physical pain is more acceptable. Although when you live with chronic pain, you do get a lot of people telling you that, okay, we're tired of hearing that too. But yeah. uh, back to you, the main point is that there's this, you called it a getaway. If I'm suffering with anger or unresolved abandonment, neglect, these kind of emotions that, that I don't know how to deal with, my body then allows me to feel that in a physical way because I won't feel it in an emotional way. Is that, yeah. would you edit that in any way? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with what you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also why sometimes it's hard. 
Yes, to to accept that behind physical pain, there might be an emotional pain, which comes first, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also true that some, sometimes when you're experiencing or suppressing whatever emotion, whatever response to a trauma, then of course, is your body just keeping the score of it? There's a beautiful book. It's, it's called The Body Keeps the Score or something. Yeah. Uh, because the body keeps the score of whatever happens to you anyway, and then it presents to you. And it's even a gift sometimes. It's even a gift yeah. because, yeah, you, the yeah, body is, yeah. It allows you to, the, the pain would be there, the emotional pain would be there regardless. And so the physical pain allows you to see it and work through it, I think is what you're saying. Yes. Whereas if Without that, you might hold it down forever, but it comes out in other ways like intense anger or isolation or just lack of socialization with your community. And so it's because I know another thing my a lot of clients and folks just hate to hear is like the, there's a reason for this or there's some kind of silver lining for this pain. And I empathize with that a lot. And I've been there myself, too. Don't tell me there's a reason for this. And it's it may not be some kind of fateful reason but there is a connection somewhere and we find that connection and and we make meaning of it ourselves I think that's what's empowering to think about there's some you may disagree with this and, and that's totally okay but for a lot of the clients that I work with it's like to think about some kind of higher power having a meaning giving us pain in order to have this like meaningful experience is can't I just have the meaningful experience without the pain but I, I'm just explaining this to someone the other day, the mud and, and the lotus, which is a Buddhist philosophy. You can't have this beautiful flower without the mud. And it's not yes. so much that there's someone somewhere said that there's like a meaning or a purpose to that. But I think it's more like life has cycles and the earth has cycles and your our bodies have cycles. And there's just a there are just universal truths that are just true. And in life will never be perfect and life will never be without pain you may have moments without pain moments without suffering but that's not really the goal in life is to be pain-free or to only experience joy in acceptance and commitment therapy we say we don't make dead people goals which just (laughs) means that if you're dead you can't feel and so we don't make goals around not feeling we make goals around what we want to experience and what we want to feel. So like I want to experience the fullness of life does not mean you won't also have pain with it. So I think, yeah, I'll let you speak to any of that, that whatever comes up for you. Yeah. The purpose of life could be to be present with your life, to be present in the body, to listen to whatever is there, to listen to your emotions, to listen to your to your mind also. To, to experience whatever is coming through and it's coming because you are an incarnated being and yeah and i i completely understand that sometimes you don't want to you don't want to talk about what is the reason for this pain why do i have this did i did something wrong in buddhism we also believe in the law of cause and effect so whatever effect you have now you have to look at the causes that you put in the past to understand what is what are the effects that you are experiencing now in the present. And if you want to look at the effects in the future, you have to see other causes that you're putting now in the present because they will manifest. 
And does that get into a conversation of blame or does that, is it a more balanced, nuanced conversation? No, absolutely no blame. Absolutely no blame. It's, it's just taking responsibilities also for what we do. And it's not blame or it's not like to ignite a sense of guilty. It's just to take responsibility for whatever can be transformed. So it's always what can be transformed. What is the positive ripple effect? So also with a chronic illness, maybe, or with some pain that's, that's not fading away. And if there is resistance or if, of course, someone doesn't believe that it might be caused by something and if there's a reason for it, etc. Still, then let's look at the present moment. I have this pain. What this pain is teaching me now? What can teach me for the future? How can I use it for the future? which kind of purpose I can connect with that. And this is a personal decision. No one tells you you have to use your physical pain to heal the planet or this is your personal decision and everyone is uh, completely free to, to choose. There's no right and wrong. But of course, whenever something happened to you, you might want to look at it in a positive, transformative way or in a more blocking, constricting, limiting way. And that is your choice. And it's not easy. And it's not easy. (laughs) Anyway. No, it's not. That's why it's, yeah, that's (laughs) why we have healers, every healer as other healers, because that's why it's important to have someone that can be a guidance, that can see through, that can help you see through. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me. That's how my mind works too, is it's not your fault, but what is your responsibility within this? So you may have not caused your Crohn's disease or your migraines, or but how we are reacting to it now, which is not, I want to be really clear about this because it, this goes to your point of working with healers, working with mentorship, because it's not supposed to be this is your choice. You made this choice all on your own and you're supposed to fix it all on your own now. And at least in our Western society, we just really lack community and we lack proper mentorship. And now I think there's an uptick of paid mental healers and it just looks different than it used to. We don't live in villages of a hundred people where everyone takes care of everyone and healers have always been paid in some sort or another, whether it's through monetary, like money, or it's through just even within the Christian church, like the church pays for the pastor's housing, things like that. And so it's just interesting how we conceptualize like paying for help, but also, so I think it's beautiful to have a mix between paid help. And then of course, your family, your community, the people that you lean on for support in other ways. But To have guidance through something as difficult as learning to see meaning in really difficult experiences, that is a difficult process. Yes. That's not as simple as, oh, I see the meaning now. This pain is because I've been suppressing my, and it's just not easy. It's so hard. So we work with people who can hold us through that. And what I'm hearing is that for you, sound and music is a tool that helps hold really difficult space. Yes, yes, because it takes a lot of courage to work with the voice, especially express also your own voice as a healing purpose. It takes a lot of courage and and it takes also a lot of courage, unfortunately, now still in the society to ask for help. 
it's not normalized yet. So even asking for help takes courage. And I can totally understand who prefers to, well, maybe, or who has a tendency to numb themselves because it takes, it takes even emotional pain to decide to accept, to speak about it, to be true with someone else means you have to be true to yourself. And sometimes it is scary. And it might be already related to the issue tendency, yeah, to feel overwhelmed and then just be our own container and try to suppress everything on to be, or to be numb or to not want to see. And that speaking is normal. Of, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and speaking of this communal effort and how it takes help, right? Who is a part of your team, even professionally? Do your clients tend to work with other kind of professionals and you're just one person in this team for them? Or do you yourself work with other people that then help you? Can you talk to that a little bit? Absolutely. Yes. So, of course, yes, I have my own healers. I have a psychotherapist. I have a coach. I have a shamanic healer. I have my colleagues in the soul voice method. So we exchange sessions between us. So I always, when I have to process something myself, of course, I have my techniques that I've learned, et cetera, but I always reach out because I need also someone to hold the space for me in which I can feel safe and which, in which I can feel I have a mirror because then anyway, whoever you work with, it's your mirror, right? Whatever you're not even able to excavate by yourself many times that the person you're working with is your mirror. So it's like it's resonating with that and it's taking this away from you and it's giving it back to you. And as well, I work with clients that most of the time have also other kind of healers with for something different. Yes, it may be again, they also have a coach or maybe they do breath work. We also work a lot with breath, of course, in soul voice because breath is the way that we connect with the body very easily and we can calm ourselves and we can be in contact with whatever part of the body that we want. We also oxygenate, of course, the body. So some clients, they work with the breath work or with art therapy. Yeah, we use also art therapy a lot. Yeah. So I believe that anyway, we don't, we can also have just one type of healer because maybe we resonate with that and this is the method that works for us. But I completely believe that we can take something from different kind of healing modalities, from different therapists uh, and, and integrate all of them. Yeah. In different aspects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Earlier, we, we talked a little bit about frequency and how just the different vibrational frequencies affect different parts, even yeah. of organs that you mentioned yeah. is a higher level, higher level work within what you do. And we've talked to just a little bit about the foundation, I think, of what healing looks like, how music and sound and literally like vocal sounds are a tool. Yeah. And can you speak any more to just the chronic pain and chronic illness piece, how you approach that work with clients? And of course, it looks different. Individual That's what we've been talking about here. Everything is very individualized. But are there 
anything that comes up for you around that particular, these particular populations? Yeah. Yes. Two types of sessions that we can have. Uh, first, the client, of course, has to describe whatever is the illness, that it could be specifically located in an area of the body, or it could also be in the whole body. And once we identify, uh, so we locate what is the issue, what is the illness, what is the aspects also, because many times when they describe what do they sense, the way that they describe it, it's already somehow related to a certain pattern that then they have in their own life. And this gives us another information. Then we have two different sessions that we can use. One is the passive session. So a sound healing passive session. And one is the active one. In the passive session, after this coaching, so talking and identifying the issue and then also like how they want to transform anyway this tendency in their life. Um, also identifying maybe when they might feel more pain or when this become more acute com compared to certain specific situation in life. So this is also give other pieces of the puzzle. Um, then if it's a passive sound healing session, the client lays down and I project the sound of the voice on the client's body. And I use both harmonious sounds and dissonant sounds. The way that I do it, of course, is intuitive. And that's why I'm also in the program with my mentor to learn how to perceive whatever the body needs to receive. So I project a vibrational frequency through my own voice in that area, or it could be also in the system of the client in the body. And first I use harmonious sounds to connect with that area and tune in with whatever is there. And because when, when, you, when an organ or a body part is, is healed or has an issue or whatever, then it's like the whole area or the organ, so every cell in that area is instrument out of tune, right? It's not in their, it's, it's not in their natural well-being uh, state. It's like an instrument that is, that is uh, out of tune. What I do is first to connect with the organ or with the body part, etc. And then I use dissonant sounds. And the dissonant sounds is really to connect with that issue, with that emotion, with that pattern, with that, with that pain, and try to help dismantle the tension, the pain, the whatever is there to dismantle, to structure. When you say dissonant sounds, are you meaning harsher sounds like consonants? Yeah, and in near. Okay. Yeah, yes, but it could also be that when I connect there, I sense like a lot of grief or a lot of anger. And then the sound that I make are dissonant and they are very itchy somehow because I sense there's something itchy over there or they are simulating a cry or maybe uh, shouting or yes, yeah, something that it's disturbing. And for the disturbing. client, might be disturbing. Yes, might yeah, be disturbing. Makes, yeah, yeah, I think this is a really cool and fascinating point because throughout everything you said so far, I can see the similarities between so many other types of practices, whether it's psychotherapy or even like 
some there's like something called network chiropractic and they have a lot of these same kind of really it's acceptance work and being seen and being heard and so we clients will often really struggle with the acceptance piece because no we're, we're not supposed to feel that pain we're supposed to be running from it we're told that if we feel pain we do something wrong and sitting in their pain with them often feels so terrifying but I'm hearing that you're even doing that through your voice without words and it's just yes. re- reaffirming for me that really is the universal truth we all want to be seen we all want to be heard and most of us are chronically invalidated and so this work is extremely can be extremely scary but it also sounds to me like you set the stage through the conversations that you have you build trust which is what we do in therapy as well and then you go into some of the tools and you hold space in that way and you be in their pain with them and then you can move once you feel it then you can move through it so i cut you off right as you were talking about being in it with them i'd love to hear more of course thank you no absolutely because the client has to feel um safe yeah and relaxed that's also very important that the client is relaxed because when you're relaxed you can surrender more you can really stay in this openness and acceptance also of the frequencies that might be disturbing but they are working for you <clears throat> and uh, yeah and then the sound <clears throat> Uh, is able to bypass the subconscious. That is what the sound is doing then, right? That's why it is able to go in that cellular memory and dismantle whatever is there. And this we do it with dissonant sound. Of course, a session has a time frame, so I can't sound forever, <laughs> for right? So at a certain point when I sense that there's a key point, so there's a moment in which I feel like the sound is penetrating in a different way and has go through that. Then I switch again to harmonious sounds and there I reinforce the positive intention. And I also read it out loud again for the client so they also know what it is that they want to embody. Of course, it's a dance between the sound healer and the person, the receiver, right? Because they also really need to relax and surrender and want to reinstall this new foundation, this new vibrational frequency with this new intention, yeah? And then I, so after this, after harmonious sounds, then I close the area. And then eventually I move to another area if there's another body part that uh, we want to work on, etc. And it is a passive uh, session. In the active session, uh, I guide the client into using their own voice to connect with that pain. It's better, of course, if they can connect also with the emotion behind it. But again, if it's not possible in the coaching to identify together what is the emotion behind, what is the root cause, what happened in the past, how it might be originated, it's also fine. It's okay. Because we are in a space of non-judgment. So if the client needs to connect with the physical pain and sound and vocalize the physical pain, it's also okay. It's, it's also okay. And, and the active session, it's called pain release. That's why it's very much connected to the pain. It's very important that, that the client express through its own voice. And at the beginning, it might be scary. It might be difficult. So we start with the uh, faking till you make it. So if you... Again, like if you're not able to fully connect, 
try to fake it. And then I always see that eventually they connect with that pain. Yeah. Through through that guidance and support. Yeah. If they yeah. make it till you make it, but it's with guidance, with support. Yeah. And yeah. with not trying so hard, like this effortful, I have to do it right, but more like, okay, yeah, fake it, pretend, just be loose with it, be flexible and allow your body and your mind to just take you where it will. And then with your guidance, you can keep the client on track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to draw in our own pain. So we even start making it more playful. There's some warm up that we do at the beginning because anyway, it's your own voice. It's your own vocal expression and your vocal expression can be playful even in pain because you're just expressing yourself. There are no wrong sounds. You cannot make a wrong sound. You can't do it wrong because it's your own voice. It's your playground vocalizing. So yes, of course, there are other sessions, maybe before a full pain release, or maybe there, there's a warm-up for sure in which the client uses their voice. And in this trustworthy space, can feel they can explore whatever is there. Because if I ask 10 different people to express grief, all of them might need to do different sounds to express it in a different way. And each of them might think maybe my way is wrong, but it's not true because it's your own unique. There's no right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, I think it's such so, a yeah. 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 Such a great tool. Really cool. What else comes to mind for you? Yeah, uh, that again, after after guiding the client into release, so there's a lot of release with dissonant sounds for them as well, with that pain. Then again, there is the reinforcement of what I visualize myself, like how I visualize myself and how do I visualize my life without this pain? How do I move through life without this pain or at least without this pain holding me back or limiting me? Because, yeah, there, it, it takes a lot of compassion. It takes so much gentleness and compassion for ourselves, towards ourselves and towards our body and towards whatever we feel so much. Because, unfortunately, I also see how many times this chronic illness or this chronic pain, it becomes an enemy for yeah. the person. And, yeah... And it's, again, completely understandable, of course, but we but want I think to that, work I with. Think that, yeah, I think that's the piece, right? Like, it is understandable to feel like you're at war, to feel like it's the enemy. I think what we're lacking as a society are healers and mentors and people who can say, yes, you're allowed to go into the depths of that despair. And now here's my hands that we can come out of it. And so I think a lot of folks with chronic illness, especially because of our medical system, who says, sorry, I have no answers for you. That's it. Bye-bye. Yeah. And there's no one saying, I have no answers for how to get rid of this pain, but here's my hand and we're going to walk through this together. And so people get really stuck with doctors being the hierarchy in our society of like those who know best about the body. And so if they're last word to you is I have no answers you can get stuck for you the rest of your life yes unless you find 
some something else to help pull you up out of that particular so it's not that we are never supposed to feel despair or feel like the pain is our enemy but how do we what do we need to help us get out of it yeah 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 because it's never come with me i'm gonna take this pain away from you or i'm gonna eliminate it from you come with me and you'll never feel pain anymore in your life this is not what we're doing of course yeah it's more if you trust me if you want to try if you resonate with this we might find a way to understand what is behind this pain maybe or how to use it to transform your life or how to use it not as a poison for your life but even as a medicine which is completely um, irrational but but it's true yeah like how do I even use it as a medicine for my life somehow how can this help me yeah 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 how do I accept it yeah how I integrate it also because many times it's treated as a as an outsider, as something that doesn't even belong to me. I don't accept it. I don't want it. I want to numb it. Yeah. That's why it's easier to numb myself when I feel it because I don't want it. Right. I, it's not part of me. And it takes yeah, courage again and vulnerability, a Absolutely. lot of vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And all of those things we learn through being in relationship with safe people. And so some folks are lucky enough to have very emotionally attuned parents and others are not so much and so and then our school system is not in america anyway is not emotionally attuned whatsoever there's just a lot of trauma that we're all walking around with and it's learning some of those foundational life skills that we didn't get the compassion the vulnerability in safe places knowing where to be vulnerable versus where to armor up a little bit because not every place is safe yeah Everything you're saying resonates and makes sense to me. And I hope it makes sense to everybody listening. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you feel is really important to talk about today? I feel it's very important anyway that we are really true to ourselves with what resonates with us in general as a healing modality has a kind of support and and we constantly change so what resonates today might not resonate again in one year or 10 years and that's also part of the journey that's also fine it's not because i use this kind of healing modality that now i don't want anymore that this doesn't serve me and at the same time it's not because I never tried this, that it cannot help me. It's just important, whatever I feel that resonates with something inside me that says, okay, this might be an answer that I was looking for. And now we're so lucky, at least for who has access to internet and can also work online or can find some material online. Well, we're very lucky because we can connect more and we can even create communities online if we're not, uh, if we live in a place in which around us we, are not looking or finding the answers that we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything else come to mind or anything you want to leave people with today that you haven't already? That was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. No, really, thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to encourage any, anyone, any way 
into connecting with their own voice because this is regarding the belief in the voice as a healing tool or not. The voice is your own unique self-expression channel anyway. And it holds so much potential for really for connecting with your emotion, with your soul, if you're more spiritual or just with your different facets of yourself and play with your voice, express whatever you feel with your voice, listening to your voice. Even many people are scared even to listen to their own voice when they send a vocal message, for example. And I, I understand. But I really encourage anyone anyway into at least a try because it's free. <laughs> it's your own voice. Yeah. I love and that. it holds so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Where can people find you? Yes, they can find me online. My website is www.sabrinalemiel.com. I'll link that below. Yeah. And on Instagram, I have my resonance remedy profile to emphasize again how much uh, resonance is medicine. Yeah. And yes, and through email oh. as well, if they want to, sabrinalemiel at gmail.com. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sabrina. This was a wonderful interview and I really appreciate your time and, and sharing this um, modality with people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, really, also for your podcast, for everything you do. Thanks for listening. If you learned something new today, consider writing it down in your phone notes or journal and make that new neural pathway light up. Better yet, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram, email me, or leave a voice memo for us to play on the next show. The way you summarize your takeaways can be the perfect little soundbite that someone else might need. And lastly, leaving a review really helps others find this podcast, so please do if you found this episode helpful. And P.S. Clicking subscribe ensures you'll be here for the next episode. See you then.